Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> cute. That's cute. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Sarah, guess what? What? I have the shark. Oh my God, I saw. Well, saw, but I wasn't. Because as most people with small children know, Thanksgiving to Monday is like the longest week of life because you don't have any childcare or school. So I, I saw it, but I couldn't watch it because Zoe and Cade will steal my phone. How did you like it? I think it's great. And I did make a video for anyone interested. So we're talking about the Shark Flex style, the number one competitor to the Dyson Airwrap. It's the only thing currently on the market that is even close. Do not try to tell me the Revlon One Step Sorry, guys. is comparable to the Dyson Airwrap. I want y'all to truly get a grip. When I saw comparisons that the Revlon One Step was better than the Dyson Airwrap, I was like, it is truly apples to oranges. It is not even close to achieving the same thing. No. Here's the thing that I think is a disservice to Dyson, unfortunately, is just the fact that their products are so smart, so smart, that like a lot of people will not take the time to learn how to properly use it. Even myself, like whenever I have the opportunity to meet with someone like Arnell or someone who's an expert, a hair care ambassador with Dyson, I'm learning something new about the tool and then there's also like the scientist who's there, who's like the engineer, who's like, this is why we did this and this is how you should use it. And I'm like, people just don't totally. have the like attention span to learn. And so then they're like, it doesn't work or it's actually the same thing as a Revlon one step. And you're like, no, you just like, you don't know. You absolutely don't know. <laughs> no. And I would, I would truly beg to differ and have receipts because there are entire groups on Facebook dedicated to the fact that the Revlon one step has just destroyed their hair. And why is that? Because the Revlon One Step is not heat regulated. The whole point of the Dyson Airwrap is that it's supposed to be better for your hair because A, it's not supposed to be on your hair that long. And B, you're not clamping it down mm -hmm. with something like a curling iron exactly. like you normally would. And because it's heat regulated, you're not having to worry about it being too hot. Yeah. Now, when I posted this video, some people were like, the Dyson was bad for my hair. Like it accentuated my baby hairs. It caused breakage. And I have to wonder, honestly, because it's a blow dryer, it's not a curling iron. So like if you have damaged hair and you use a curling iron, yeah, you're going to singe it. It's going to fry the ends, but it's not going to accentuate all of the little broken baby pieces that you have because naturally it's clamping down the hair, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But with the air wrap, the whole thing is it's air. It's blowing the hair. Totally. So it's only going to accentuate the damaged hair you already have. And I'm not saying that these people didn't experience any damage from the Dyson Airwrap because the other part of it is if your hair takes longer to do and you're holding that much heat on it at any given time, 
it's like obvious, like heat equals damage. So right. I was saying, you know, the Dyson Airwrap doesn't guarantee you're not going to have heat damage, but the whole point of it was that it's supposed to lessen the damage that it should be doing to your hair. Right. And also, I'm sure that you went through this in your videos. Like, we're not saying it's for everyone. No, 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 no. And I did a video like, do you need a Dyson Airwrap? Because everyone's asking me, there's going to be a sale. Should I buy the Dyson Airwrap? And what I find is if people, like you said, aren't going to take the time to really learn how to use it, if in the morning you're doing your hair in five minutes, this probably is not the machine for you because you're not going to get that much out of it. It's $600. Like if you're buying a $600 device, you better be using it every single day. And for me personally, the Dyson Airwrap hairdryer is not good enough of a hair dryer no. to warrant spending $600. Because sure, you might blow dry your hair every day. Yeah. Right. Totally. And you know what reminded me of that is when I, I think my air wrap was in like another room and I was closer to my supersonic. And I'm like, holy crap. Like the supersonic is truly like chef's kiss. Such an incredibly so powerful hair dryer. So if you yes. are like in the market to buy like a hair dryer or you're buying the air app because you wanted to use it as a hair dryer, then like, absolutely not. Like Kirby said, you need to know how to use the tools and benefit from those in order for your $600 to actually be worth it. Yeah, because even if you're like, well, I'll use the round brush attachment, that round brush attachment is not as great as the shark round brush attachment, which I was truly shocked at how much I loved the shark. The hair dryer on the shark is a hundred times more powerful than the hair dryer on the Dyson, which I think is probably what is the biggest sell for the shark, because maybe you're not using all the attachments every day or even like three times a week. But if you're using it as also your hair dryer and your round brush attachment, if you want to get some lift and volume or whatever, if you love the Revlon one step, the round brush on the shark, you're yeah. gonna love the shark. But I did say this, because it felt powerful, I was wondering if it is going to cause more damage to my hair. 100%. So I obviously still need to keep testing it to see. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just found mine in the back of my closet. So I'm going to tie it, too. I'm going to do size side by side for my hair. I am shook. And also, I like that the hair dryer it goes from being the straight up to going to the side. It looks more like a traditional hair dryer that people are used to using, which I think means there's less user error at home. Sure. Do you feel like it was heavy at all or like too big? Because I know that that's a complaint. The handle is really long, especially when you're using it as like with the curling attachment. So I held them up side by side. They're pretty much the same. Okay. And weight wise, Dyson was lighter. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as heavy. The shark definitely felt heavier. But side by side with the barrels on them, they are the same. Dyson obviously wins when it comes to the curling barrels because they now have what I'm calling the rotating nipple, which I'm sure Dyson is loving. That's the term I'm using for it. But it's the little thing on top where instead of having to replace each barrel for whatever side of the head you're using it on, you just switch the little nipple and then you're good to go. We're still living with first generation shark. You know what I mean? Where it's like you still have to have four barrels with the two different sizes, the two different sides. It's like so annoying to have to switch it out. That was really a game changer for me in terms of how often I was using it. It just made me want to use it more because it was easier. Right. And Shark got really hot for me. So that's why I'm I'm 
kind of still trying to figure out, okay, is this going to be detrimental to my hair? Because they do make similar claims. I went on both websites. I looked at everything. They have similar warranties, similar return policies, like if not similar identical. Um, And they both claim that it's better for your hair. So interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. You have officially influenced me to, to actually use it. I feel bad I haven't used it yet. I truly didn't see a huge difference in the styling of my hair. When I came over to your sister's house for Thanksgiving, my hair was, my hair did look amazing because Patrick took a video of me holding Cade and I was like, oh damn, my hair is looking amazing in this video. And that was with the shark. See? So I've been using my Airwrap round brush and I have to say, it's not like, it's not the best. It's not the best, but I have it. So I've been using the the round brush and then following up with the the round barrel. So, you know, I get the look that I want, but it's definitely not as powerful. When you use the shark, the thing that I'm noticing with that round brush, because it's huge, it's not like a small brush. It's massive. To give the blowout effect. Yes. It gives you the height that you just can't achieve with the Dyson Airwrap, which is personally something that I like because I'm from Texas, so I want my hair close to God. Did they not come out with a bigger round brush attachment for the Airwrap? I think they did. So I think they have several sizes of it, but this one still is gargantuan. It is huge and it gives more tension. So with the round brush on Dyson, what I was finding is it kind of just slips through the hair. Yeah. And you need to use your hands a lot more. Mm -hmm. The brush for the shark it has so many little bristles everywhere. Yeah. So it gives the tension you need to really get the height that you want when you want that really big, voluminous, almost like Priscilla Presley hair. So then what was your takeaway? My takeaway was that right now the shark is doing everything that the Dyson was doing for me. Yeah. That I preferred both the round brush and the hair dryer on the shark, but I preferred all of the other attachments on the Dyson Airwrap. But if you were going to invest in something, perhaps invest in the shark first to see. But with the caveat that I haven't been testing it for a long range of time. So I don't know if it's going to cause damage to my hair in the long run because of how warm it was. Also, if you are looking for like a curl, would you prefer using the Dyson Airwrap curling attachment versus the shark attachment? Or you think it's like pretty much the same? No, no, no. They're exactly the same. Okay. They're exactly the same. Okay. They don't call it the Kowanda effect for shark, obviously, but it is the exact same technology. The exact same technology. It's just that you have to replace the barrels like Dyson Airwrap 1.0. Yes. And then shark is like $200. Shark is typically $279 and they were having a deal where you could get it for $249. Oh, this is another important thing to note about shark. So you can create your own shark flex style kit. So you pay and basically you go through and say, okay, I want the long barrels, the short barrels and the brush. So you can pick three attachments with the shark flex style. With Dyson, they have specific kits that you can pick. Like this is great for wavy hair, for curly hair, for straight hair, for short hair, long hair. And I almost prefer Dyson's way because Yes, it's significantly more expensive, but you're getting at least seven attachments, I believe. And it's kind of telling you, like, if you have this type of hair, this is what you need versus 
kind of throwing you to the wolves and going, figure out what you want. And then being like, oh, I'm disappointed. This is not what I want. And then again, potentially damaging your hair, perhaps. Yep. So (laughs) I just want to say that I recently cheated on Dyson with my vacuums. I bought one of those Tyneco wet wet vacuums. Oh, I, I need one of those so bad, Sarah. When did you get it? Okay, so I bought mine from Costco. It was like the floor three, S3 version, whatever. I will tell you, it changed my fucking life. Like, especially with dogs. <laughs> like, it's incredible. But it broke on me. And I, <gasps> I, think, I think I got a faulty one. I think that maybe I'll also... This is why, again, with these fancy-ass you know, tools, you have to like watch the videos to like know how to properly use them. So I don't think I was cleaning mine incorrectly. So I think that I, it may have been user error, but I also think it may have been faulty. I ended up having to return it. I I bought it at Costco. Luckily I was there at Costco the day before Thanksgiving, which was like the worst idea ever because the parking lot was like Disneyland times three. And I texted Sue Chan, our friend at Dyson. And I was like, this is what happens when you cheat on Dyson. The gods are watching and they're like, so that's why I was like, if I start using the shark, it's going to break my hair. <laughs> no, literally, I, I was having concerns because, you know, we're devout Dyson followers on this podcast. Yes. But I'm like, Dyson, did you really need to pay Chrissy Teigen I to know. promote your Dyson air wrap? Did you really? And not like no shade to Chrissy. I love Chrissy. But and it was so cute. She's got enough. She's got enough. Like, f- find the people that are like truly talking about this product nonstop and like throw the bones this way. You know what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting out. Wink, wink. (laughs) Wink, (laughs) wink. Okay, you've influenced me. I am going to try my shark. But I'm loving both. I'm just kind of like, but now I'm glad I know because if someone's like, should I get the shark? I'm be like, hell yeah, get the shark. If that's what you want, if that's that fits in your budget. I mean, it's literally two to three hundred dollars cheaper. If it ends up destroying my hair, I will fully tell y'all shark is not in my pocket. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not here to save face for anybody. We saw Nikki De, De Roost recently and she <laughs> looked at me and was like, so what'd you style your hair with today? Because I had like just done freshly blown out my hair. And I was like, I used the Dyson. She's like, oh, still a Dyson girl. Okay. (laughs) She's like the one that got us on the shark train. I know. I know. And she's got like such perfect hair. So we were like, we need to figure this out. If she's into the shark, we need to start looking into it. I know. But I will say, Kirby, you really should get a Tyneco. I mean, it's it's going to change your life. Just prop take care of it properly. I mean... I can't wait to get off of this Zoom or whatever the heck we're on so I can go buy one because you just like you don't realize how dirty your floors are. You're like, no, no, no. I think about it every day. My God. And I we, you know, like Swiffer, we're Swiffering every day. Dyson vacuum is like so powerful, but there it it is not okay. And I'm like, my child is like crawling and like sucking the floor. This, You know what I mean? I'm like, this is disgusting. I know Quinn's like licking the I'm like, come on. Yeah. So. Okay. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. I will. I will treat myself. I'm so excited. I was going to mention, you know, we t- we're talking about there's all these Black Friday deals and Cyber Monday deals. And Nicole Concilio posted on threads. She's like, these Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals, no. 15% off is free shipping. And she is so right. It made me start thinking about how 
Remember when we had Margarita Ariagata on the podcast and she was saying that all of these sales are kind of not cheapening, but yes. Well, kind of, right? They're kind of cheapening the whole thing. Right. And we had a lot of very strong thoughts and comments from our listeners on that episode because the fact of the matter is like beauty products are super expensive now. They're, it's not like the way it used to be. And so these sales that are happening all throughout the year are very helpful to people who are like finding things that actually work for their skin or whatever. But these brands are under so much in terms of manufacturing and retail needs and all these other things that, you know, sometimes, not sometimes, but these sales are not necessarily a good thing for these brands in terms of their livelihood. And I was just thinking like, does Black Friday and Cyber Monday even matter anymore? Because remember the days when literally Danny Pellegrino, do y'all follow Danny Pellegrino? He came, he's amazing. He has an amazing podcast. He came out with a book that's all about like his kind of cringy holiday stories. He was literally caught on camera, like running into like a Walmart or Target (laughs) on Black Friday one year. And he like has like a photo of it. It is so funny. But it reminds me of my parents were trying to get a Tickle Me Elmo or a Furby or like a $20 flat screen. You would eat your meal with your family and then you would go line up (laughs) somewhere or you set the alarm, you wake up really early. Yeah, yeah. And now no one even, well, people are still shopping in person. That is definitely for, for sure. Especially with like Prime Day. Now there's two Prime Days and then everyone has to compete with the Prime Day. So it's Target is participating. Best Buy, everyone. So it's like everything is like sort of always on sale. Yeah. And then like the Sephora sales happening with the VIB and then the Ulta spring hair event and like all of these things. And it's just like there's sales all throughout the year. And so then once you get to Black Friday and Cyber Monday, the deals are shit for the most part. I mean, I was very impressed that Danessa Myricks was 40% off yeah, some of her products. That's like, really good I mean, deal. That's why I was telling people, like, buy groundwork right now. This is probably the cheapest you'll ever get it, unless you're buying it through the Ulta, uh, the Sephora sale and have points. Or even Give Beauty was 50% off, which I thought was massive. Facile, Dr. Samuelitis's brand, 30% off, great. But some of these brands, like 15% off, like, yeah. I love G Beauty. I love Prime Skin. I've spoken the gospel about that product. And people were like, I really wanted to buy, you know, stuff from G Beauty, but I couldn't remember the product that you recommended. And I'm like, oh, let me go to the website and look and see like what else I would recommend. And they had like a 15% off sale, which again, they're a smaller brand. So I'm not saying they're not doing what they can do, right? But then I also have a code for 15% off. Right, right, So it's right. like, you could get that any other time of the year. Like, you don't have to necessarily, there's not an urgency to buy on Black Friday and Cyber Monday anymore. Yeah, and are you saying that then, like, don't feel the need or the pressure to participate? What's the point? To get free shipping? Like, Which, hey, I love free shipping. Same, but I was going <laughs> through all of these different sales for, you know, different products, not necessarily beauty. I I feel this urgency to buy because there is a discount, but this is not that great of a discount. So why even spend the money? Then you overbuy something you can't return sometimes. Totally. Uh, Final sale. Skims did get me. Skims got me. Oh my gosh. I was about to buy some skim stuff, but I hadn't tried like some of the things that I wanted to buy. And then I stumbled on this Instagram post and they were like, things you shouldn't buy on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, underwear. 
I was like, oh, all right. Um, well, they're wrong because I bought underwear. I bought. Well, but you're very you're intimately familiar with the brand. So, you know, it's going to fit you. One hundred percent. And that was the only reason why I bought a bra that I love in a different color. I brought shapewear that I had been wanting that I was just like, I'm not going to spend $75 on this. And they had it marked down to like 30 something. So I bought it. And then the thing about the skim sales, they don't have all of their, yeah. not everything is on sale. Yeah. So it's like, you can go and be like, oh, they have this style of long sleeve turtleneck that I want, but then it's only select colors on sale. And so that's how they get you. Because then you go into your bag, you're like, oh, wait, I thought this was on sale. It's actually still like $75 or whatever. But they did have a pair of their classic fleece joggers from their sweatsuit line, yeah. which is my literal favorite. So this will be, I think, your new favorite. I know every world was like your one and only. I'm sorry, an entire world. But these are now my new faves. I'm obsessed. I wear them every single day. So I bought a pair. I was like, oh, if these are on sale, I'm definitely getting them. But that's the only reason why. Oh my gosh, I need to get them. Because, you know, last year I bought the, like, fleece jacket from Skims, and the the pants were um, out of stock, so I do have to buy them because they match. So I have a whole fit. Okay, I'm going to do that after this. Thank you. So, yes, that's that's the only time I would, like, really do anything. I was like, maybe Swarovski will be in here. No, it wasn't. When I went to go look at Swarovski when they first dropped, I was like, Kimberly girl, you think I'm going to buy $1,000 worth of skims with one dress? Be for real. Be for real. I wonder how much they made, how many pieces they made for the Swarovski. Oh, I'm very curious about that. I'm very curious about that. It's not like everyone's buying it. Y'all, the Los Angeles Awards are back. Hollywood's biggest night. <laughs> Hollywood Beauty's biggest night. Hollywood Beauty's biggest podcast night. We should air it live <laughs> at night. Mark your calendar on Twitch. Mark your calendar. Maybe we will look into that, hey, actually. I think that'd be hilarious. People are excited. After all, this is not about us. This is about you guys. 100%. And last year, we had a record number of votes, which we were a little bit shook by. But it was incredible. And we had some amazing winners call in. All of them actually called in, which was such a treat. Truly. Try getting a bunch of people that won an award for a podcast to call into your hotline and tell me how that goes, because it's not very easy. But we have our end of year episodes coming from the best and worst slash like sad maybe moments of the year. We have our favorite launches and then our predictions. And we want to hear from the glams. We want you to be just as much a part of this as any other episode. So call or text the hotline at 424-341-0426 with your thoughts. Or you can email an entire dissertation of your thoughts at glossangelespodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear who do you think just killed it this year or what was the most memorable moment of in beauty this year we love a dissertation so please please call in and share your thoughts and if it's good enough sarah will hire you to write for refinery 29 freelance <laughs> no but truly we do have some like very smart well-spoken listeners and it's such a such a joy when we get those messages it's a joy for sarah to read without having to edit in her mind 
while she's going through an email. So please let us know. We are going to start the voting next week for Los Angeles Awards. So there will be the categories and we will be sharing those and announcing them on the pod next Tuesday. Let's get into some news. Sarah, are veneers the new boobs? According to New York Mag, they are. Yes. According to The Cut and according to The Golden Bachelor. And according to The Golden Bachelor. So Valerie Monroe, who is the she was the beauty director at Oh, the Oprah magazine. And she has an amazing substack called How to Not Fuck Up Your Face. And she writes for The Cut. So she writes that she was watching, she was doing something and she stumbled into The Golden Bachelor and she was noticing all the teeth, that there was just so many teeth, the size of the teeth, the mass, the dazzle, she says. She realized she was more distracted by teeth than the overexposed boobage. And she thought, that's it. Teeth are the new boobs. And she talked to a New York City cosmetic dentist, Mark Lowenberg, and he likens these these massive teeth, which are probably veneers, to, you know, when everybody was getting these double D breast implants. So Kirby, these women are beautiful, like and their smiles, you know, big, beautiful Hollywood smiles. But. And I know that this is true and everyone knows this, but really people are getting too big of veneers. It's too much. We have thoughts on this because we've seen a good veneer in our day. And a good veneer should not make you look different. It should only accentuate what you already have. Yes. And we have a whole episode with Dr. Appa, who obviously feels very strongly about this. That people sometimes, they don't do a lot of research, or maybe they're just set in their ways. They're like, I want so-and-so celebrities, like, perfect teeth, don't tell me otherwise. And they don't have a good, you know... It's a ceramist. Yes, there you go. A ceramist who's going to tell them, uh, you know, like, you, you shouldn't get this because it's too big for your teeth. And then you walk away and you're like, holy shit, my teeth are so huge. What did I do? Right. Remember the whole Hillary Duff thing with her teeth? She's now grown into them, and I now can't imagine her with any other set of teeth. And I actually think her new teeth were so much more fitting to her face than her actual teeth. Because she had very short teeth before. Right. Tiny little teeth. Tiny little teeth. Baby teeth. It's like with rhinoplasties. There are great rhinoplasties. There are bad rhinoplasties. There are great veneers, and there are scary veneers. And <laughs> it sounds like a children's book. <laughs> it's the it's our it's version like of Doctor Seuss. Seuss. <laughs> we'll we'll write that book one day. That'll be actually Sarah. That's how we'll make it. We'll make gag books about the beauty industry that parents can gift to each other, intending it for the children, but really it's just for the parents to laugh about. Perfect. Here we are. Look at our new revenue stream. So Val, when she talked to Doctor Lowenberg, he said that the most popular dental procedure is teeth whitening. And teeth whitening, as we all know, it removes stains and it can make your teeth look younger because as we're getting older, our teeth start to yellow. They start to stain with all the things that we're doing to our teeth. And But now, because we have these professional teeth whitening options, 
You can take years off of your smile without having to really change anything about your smile. Yeah. But it's also important that your teeth aren't blindingly white because that's also extremely weird. And that's what a lot of these veneers get wrong. They look stark white. You need to have a little bit of yellow in there, you guys. Correct. And I'm not, it's not you guys, but you know what I mean. Right. So Dr. Lowenberg says that the, your teeth should really be a creamy off-white. They should match the whites of your eyes. They shouldn't be like the color of a piece of paper. That's why when you see people facetune the fuck out of their photos and it's a dead giveaway, it's always the whites of the eyes. Because it's like nobody's eyeball is that white, babe. Yeah. You look insane. Yeah. Like no amount of Lumify is going to change that. Love Lumify. Not happening. That's not realistic for Lumify. So they talk about the teeth whitening aspect, but then he's like, chances are these women either have dentures or they have veneers. And as we get older, our gum tissue recedes, you know, the average length of the front tooth is nine to 12 millimeters. And then as we get older, there's recession, there's root exposure, and it can become as long as 15 millimeters. And he says it's kind of similar to the way that skin loses collagen fibers, gum loses mass. And we've had Dr. Appa and Dr. Victoria Vatesman on the podcast that have talked about how in order to make your face look younger, people are getting full dental reconstruction. And Dr. Lowenberg touches on this in the story that when you have fuller teeth in your mouth, it can preserve the architecture of your face. Mm. So it can keep your cheeks lifted and your lips kind of more prominent because they're supported by your teeth and your jaw. It reminds me of when Lily James was Pamela Anderson. Mm -hmm. She had teeth that she wore. Yeah. She had these teeth that she wore and it helped push out the top of her lip so that she emulated Pamela's face even more. Yeah, yeah. So the tooth of it all is that you can <laughs> change the shape. That would be the name of our book. Um, <laughs> that should be the name of this episode. The tooth of it all. The tooth of it all. Okay, there we go can change the shape of your face and make you appear more younger. Like Kyle Richards from Real Housewives has had veneers done and she, she looks, looks so young. Like 10, 20 years younger. She's obviously gotten other things done. Rhinoplasties can make you look younger because as you get older, sometimes your nose can get bigger, get bigger on your face. So just a very subtle nose job can just take years off of your face. So I think even though I understand what Val was saying with this headline, our boobs, the, our, our veneers, the new boobs. I think it's actually our veneers, the new facelift. Mm, or like the new nose job. Mm, yeah. Or maybe people just in general are doing. Yeah. Anyways, but proceed with caution. Proceed with caution and also just know that this is not an inexpensive thing. Oh, my God. It's like tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars. It can be between $2,000 to $4,500 per tooth and up to $100,000 for a full set. I mean, like, that's like booking a rhinoplasty and a facelift and a boob job all together. But, you know, it's like the thing in your mouth that, like, people can see. You know, with a boob job, like, your boobs are kind of covered. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Unless you're letting them hang. I mean, you know, there's, there's some other thing, you know. But your teeth, it's like people are always seeing them. So yeah. now I'm looking at my teeth. I'm like, do I need, do I need, I, I love veneers. I love veneers. 
I know. When they're done well, oh my God, like you said, it just completely can change your face. And obviously, like, it really, like, your smile is such a confidence booster. Totally. But again, not exactly an attainable thing. Okay, Kirby, we've talked about men's skincare brands many times on the pod, but we have an article from Rachel Brown at the Beauty Independent. She wrote specifically about the men's skincare brand called Disco and how it unfortunately has liquidated its business after raising over $8 million in funding. So they filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Not surprising here if you would have consulted with us. Tell me more, Kirby. Disco filed for bankruptcy on November 16th. And there was a company called Settle Inc. And they are a consumer packaged goods financial resource that lended them money. They foreclosed on inventory valued around $4.7 million in ceased operations. Disco lists 45 unsecured creditors, including a myriad of different people that have claims amounting to nearly $861,000. It says no money will be available for unsecured creditors, according to the filing. And this is what the founder wrote on social media. This unfortunate outcome left shareholders with nothing, disbanded our great team. Thousands of subscribers were left out to dry and countless vendors were not paid. Shutting Disco down resulted in the loss of Millions of investor capital from friends, family, close connections, and funds I respect and trust. The liquidation underscores the challenges facing skincare brands in a fledgling premium men's segment and consumer brands more generally rooted into direct-to-consumer distribution and digital advertising. So the founder of Disco, his name is Benjamin Smith, he put in a LinkedIn post that the brand before it shut down in both 20 and 2021, was a successful growing business profitably and rapidly scaling to an eight-figure run rate with a lean but strong team. The bankruptcy filing shows that the brand lost almost $1.74 million in 2023 gross revenue, nearly $3.6 million in 2022, and roughly $775,000 in 2021. But they launched in 2019, and the whole point was that they were like this minimalist packaged men's line that wasn't hyper-masculine. And premium, correct? They were direct-to-consumer. They were in retailers like Nordstrom, Urban Outfitters, Anthropology, Neighborhood Goods, and Amazon. And it says that Disco intended to make upscale men's skincare, so yes, you're right, accessible via its subscription model. We always talk about making sure your brand has an edge. What is the point of differentiation? Really finding the white space. We love to talk about that. But we also have to balance that with, if there's a white space, why? Why? Is there a reason why this did not work in the past or it's not currently working? And then there's the argument like skin is skin. Okay, so many of the men that we know who love skincare are using the same products that we are. They're using Kiehl's, Augustinus Botter. They're using Naturium. You know what I mean? It's like it's all the same. Right. Garnier. I think that there has been no evidence in the past 10 years to support the fact that there's no TikTok trend, there's nothing. There's nothing in the sales of any other product out there that would make me think we should start investing money to make a brand that is not hyper-masculine, but caters to a hyper-masculine man. Old Spice acts in this article, she points out that Dr. Squatch and Manscaped are doing well. Yes, Dr. Squatch. Yeah, I totally understand, what, which, by the way, it kills me that 
Matt has in like our beautiful vanity, there's like Manscaped products because the names of their products are just so offensive. I'm just like, oh my God. I know. However, Matt asked me the other day, he's like, how much is this La Mer cleansing foam or whatever? Because I love it. I was like, oh, well, unfortunately for you, it's like $100. And he was like, damn. (laughs) And unfortunately for you, do not use my cleansing foam. Thank you. In advance. I know. I know. But he he actually loves it so much. So I'm like, I feel bad taking it away from him. And like, I, I like find it in the shower. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like now it's like a shower, a shower face cleanser. That's where he's he's using it all over his body and his hair. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. But all that to say is we're share- we're using the same skincare products. Honestly, Kiehl's did something right. Like they literally just made skincare and they didn't try to focus it on men or women. When people ask me about gender fluidity and gender, gender fluid products and brands, I'm like, Kiehl's, Kiehl's. And Kiehl's didn't even advertise it that way. They were just like, we make products. Over a hundred years, right? Totally. And then, and then they were smart. They realized that men were interested in their products. So they did make a men's line, like the facial fuel right, line. right. And Patrick, all Patrick uses is facial fuel. Like he is obsessed with Kiehl's. He will literally go and buy Kiehl's because, I mean, he had been using it before we met, but he's not thinking about it. It's not like, oh, well, this says it's made for men, but it looks right kind of. But also he doesn't really care. Like I'm looking in his bathroom and he has like Hask, Garnier. He has like things that look kind of girly. But you know what it is too, is that like Kiehl's had, like you said, like they like came out the gate where it was like, we're for everyone who has skin. And then once they built that, like, you know, customer loyalty, then they're like, oh, we see that men are using our products. We're going to start offering things that maybe for like grooming and, and whatnot, that is not for everyone. You know what I mean? So it's like so many brands, like you said, trying to like start businesses now geared towards just men specifically, like it's just not going to, it's just not going to work, unfortunately. Unless maybe you have an innovation, like Kirby said, if there is a point of differentiation, if there's innovation that makes it really, really special, okay, tell us. But you have to be sure. I mean, Harry's. I use Harry's products. I love Harry's. Harry's is like my go-to razor. It's definitely more of a, a men's focus line. When you go into Target and you're shopping, it's in the men's section. It's not typically just like in general like shaving area. And they did it right. But also they made products that are actually like men need. No, that's what I'm saying. Totally. Like your, yeah, like beard oils or like things like that. Yes. That makes sense to me. It's not like this is an eye cream made specifically for your man eye. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, no, no. I had never heard of disco and i'm not saying that to rub salt in the wound but i had never heard of this brand right and they probably made some really lovely formulations that like kirby and i could use (laughs) but it's just the market the strategy of it all i would love to know who consulted with them on this and i also like to say if you're gonna loan a man money can you just instead loan that money to a woman because chances are She's probably thinking 10 steps ahead and probably has a better idea. No shade at all. Not trying to be an asshole here. There are so many brand founders I know personally that are struggling 
to get investment. And then a brand like this comes out and gets this $8 million investment and then dissolves four years later. 100%. I really want to know, listeners, boyfriends, husbands, the men in your life, dads, are they actually interested in skincare or grooming brands that are geared towards them specifically? Or are you finding that they are okay using the same skincare brands that you use? I will say, so, you know, Matt definitely is more on the side of like, he'll use whatever, but I had to sort of coach him and like educate him. There was one cleanser recently that I gave him. I think it was like a CeraVe cleanser. And it said, like, also removes makeup. And he was like, is this, can I use this? And I was like, I got so mad at him. We got in like a fight. Because I was like, of course you can use this. I was like, just because it says it can remove makeup doesn't mean that only women who wear makeup, like, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I like went on a tyrant. He was, he was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's okay. First of all, it's not that deep. <laughs> I wish I never brought this up. Please leave me alone. No, but I mean, if anything, if it's going to remove makeup, it's going to remove all the crap you've somehow accumulated on your face during the day. So accept, accept and move on. So so I, I say that to say that, like, I know that there are still dudes out there who won't touch a product because they it's in a pink bottle and they don't think it's for them or whatever. So I would I'm just curious. But that's Sarah is the point with disco. Yes, right. D Disco literally was making products that weren't hyper-masculine, but for men. When there still is that thing with men that are like, I don't know if I want... No, I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like Can I just read this one last thing? Okay, this is what Rachel wrote. On the topic of product market fit, Smith says Disco was dependent on the repairing eye stick as the, quote, sole driver of growth. He recommends... Whenever possible, test market demand and validate with actual, yes, real life people, customers before starting a business. And people gave him $8 million? He posted that publicly, Sarah. <laughs> the first thing I'm doing is going to literally any human being I know to go, I need your honest feedback. Is this an interesting concept? And, I, and not the people that are going to blow sunshine at my ass. People that I don't know very well. People that have nothing to lose to just be like, Tell me, does this make sense? Does it even make sense? <sighs> Anyways, obviously, we're not celebrating the end of this. We're sad for them. And, you know, it's a, it's a bummer. Totally. It sucks. It totally sucks. <sighs> rough. It's rough out there. Are there any? Yeah. And, and to Sarah's point, listeners, if there's any men's, quote unquote, men's skincare lines that you think are doing it right, not like highly masculine or yeah, or even just doing it right, let us know. We would love to shout some of them out, too. But. Very, very sad news on that front. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. We will be back on Friday with another great guest interview. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts, I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 